Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Blog Talk Radio. Lucis Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill, presents Inner Sight. With your host, Robert Anderson, he, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Inner Sight. We're going to be talking about death and dying. This is our show called Death and Dying Part 3. And we're doing these shows more or less because I think one commonality that all of us have is our fear of death. And I think some people have that fear more than other people. So I think what we'll do in this show is what we have been doing, and that is attempting in every way we can to use the literature of Alice Bailey. She's our founder of Lucy's Trust. And we're going to speak about some of her basic premises about death and dying. And I think through her and through her thoughts, which will be paraphrased on this show, perhaps we can release some of that fear, which will enable us to lead better lives, more productive and more secure lives where we can be happier in life. This thought is by Edgar Allan Poe. There is nothing to fear about death, for death is only the birth of our immortality. And another thought that Edgar Allan Poe uh, set forth is this one. The line between life and death is shadowy and vague at best. Well, this is what we'll be talking about today. And um, I've got some questions here for um, our president and vice president. And uh, one question is, the, the Alice Bailey writings suggest that death will lose its impact in the not-so-distant future. And that's kind of confusing to me because, um, well, I certainly hope it loses its impact. I interpret that as being an impact of fear. What does she mean by this? I really uh, find that question, just as you said, uh, intriguing. But I think it might be related to her prediction that... uh, the fact of the soul would be proven by science in the not-too-distant future. The fact of the soul, the undying immortal self, strikes at the uh, very basis of the fear of death because it affirms that there is continuity of life beyond uh, the physical form, whatever that might be. And uh, you mentioned the fear of death and the enormous power that it has. It's... um, said in the writings of Alice Bailey that the fear of death is one of the great abnormalities or distortions of of divine truth. Uh, That's an interesting thought, that 
evil forces uh, of some sort have planted that idea in human consciousness from time immemorial, the fear of death. And it's not just in human consciousness, is it? It's in all living things, the dread of death. So if there were some way that death could lose its impact, it would be so liberating. And uh, to go on uh, a bit further, mm-hmm. I I think we're getting to that stage because the strangest thing happened when I opened the Sunday paper a couple of weeks ago. Maybe you noticed uh, an article on the sty- in the style section, which is usually concerned with weddings and uh, charitable events for wealthy people and so on. There on the front page of the style section was an article about increasing popularity of seances, which is... Uh, an activity when people sit around a table and uh, someone who is able to contact the spirits of the dead can supposedly summon them forth. Well, whether or not you believe that, it's interesting that that's coming back into popularity. Maybe it's related to the enormous popularity of the movie The Sixth Sense Mm -hmm. that appeared last year when the little boy said, I see dead people. These are recognitions perhaps in uh, the public consciousness that death is uh, not the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's there's a, a gradually there's a, a breaking down of a, a wall, a barrier that's been created by fear, largely, and uh, getting back to what you said earlier about uh, <clears throat> the forces of evil that have planted this idea in human consciousness. Um, fear is that big separating wall that separates us from God, and I think instinctively. We are thrust into this world, into this world where everything is separated. We're in a separate body, we're in a separate existence, and um, <clears throat> there isn't this feeling of continuity around us. And that's what we lack, I think. And um, um, so it's this separation from our source, which is God and the God of love. And if. Um, we 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 lack that sense of love, then uh, and trust, wouldn't you say? I mean, yeah. to me, the fear of death is, is implies that God doesn't know what He's doing. Yes, certainly, and there it increases the sense of fear, that the sense of separation from God. So, and the need to maintain control uh, at all costs, to not release oneself. One's will to the larger, greater will of God. All of that seems to be contained within that fear. Yeah, in, in the in the books of Alice Bailey, she says that somewhere that it's one of the great triumphs of evil, the forces mm-hmm. of evil, to have planted this idea of this of fear into human consciousness, because that's what keeps evil uh, alive in the world. I don't mean uh, to imply to our listeners that we relish the idea of death. Uh, I'm sure that many of us, if we were facing a terminal illness, would struggle to live at any cost. And in fact, that, uh, we're told in the writings of Alice Bailey, is a deeply human and spiritual urge, the desire to live and to persist in the human body. That will to live is what furthers evolution and drives people forward in their uh, development, but at the same time, uh, 
there is a need, I think, to put death in its context of uh, the whole. We are all part of a whole. And you have only to walk in a forest and see how the death of parts of that forest sustain the life of the greater forest. I can remember years ago walking in Armstrong Woods State Park in Northern California where the beautiful redwoods are. And there was a huge redwood that had fallen on the ground and it died. And all of the life forms that were coming out of that dead redwood were incredibly fascinating. Bugs, uh, plants, new baby redwoods, animals were living within the decaying trunk of the tree. It was a a beehive Mm -hmm. of life and vitality through the sacrifice of that tree. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree with all you've said. What's interesting about the writings of Alice Bally, too, is that uh, in those writings is that the idea, idea that's been set forth that we are all connected. And, of course, people have such a great respect for science. And with science today, uh, namely the branch of science called quantum physics, we're finding out that, indeed, we are all connected and uh Maybe it takes science to convince people of the uh, connection between all living things that are in, a, in, in a real, true reality we are all connected. And, of course, the Native American Indians, many of the uh, Native American Indians also adopted that uh, philosophy. And uh, according to them, the Great Spirit had taught them that they were all connected. And what a sense of security and love that people must feel when they feel that we're connected to uh, everything. I remember hearing once about the uh, American Indians viewing an unusually beautiful day as a good day to die, mm-hmm. which gives you a sense of their their trust in the processes of life. I guess that's what that means to me. Yeah. Well, I've got other questions, so here's another one. We've talked about the death of human beings, but animals and plants also die. And I'm especially interested in this question because uh, I had a cat that, were, that I was that I loved very much who passed away, and uh, I don't think there's a day that goes by that I don't think of her. Are there any similarities between um, uh, death of human beings and, uh, and death of animals and plants? Yes, uh, all of them involve the death of a form of some sort. All living things have a, a cycle of duration, whether we're talking about a human being or an animal or a plant or even the um, the minerals of the earth. Everything has its cycle. Uh, and we see this depicted in the natural world in the four seasons of nature. Right now we're going through autumn and the death of the uh, green foliage of summer. And it's absolutely glorious at this time of year. Winter follows it and that seems to look like death, but it's only for a cycle. And then there's renewal with spring. Well, in a way, that's kind of hackneyed, but it's also true that uh, it affirms the continuity of life and the need to have cycles of waxing and waning. It's not only um, inevitable, it's necessary, as as I understand it. There are differences, though, in the death of an animal and the death of a human being. Of course, the human being has an individuality, and uh, that's not the case with an animal or... and. Uh, I think in the case of an animal <clears throat> passing out, there is more more of a group sense of consciousness that the animal uh, emerges into on the other side, so to speak. A group soul. Yeah, a group soul. And, of course, with the individual, uh, it's, it's the individual leaving the, uh, the body and... Um, <clears throat> 
And it's a matter of free will with uh, the mm-hmm. individual who's evolving. Mm-hmm. The soul, as I understand it, makes that conscious choice to depart. Right. In in, in the case of uh, natural death, where the process is <coughs> of a natural um, phasing out, then, as I understand it, it is the uh, decision of the soul when that uh, departure will take place. Um, so there are differences between the animals and the and human beings. Another difference, of course, is the duration of the cycle. And you mentioned your cat. I've always thought that it's uh, such a good experience for children to have pets because they learn through the loss of their pets that life cycles are not the same for every living thing and they learn to release uh, uh, a much loved pet when it's it's time to to pass on those are hard lessons and i think many of us can remember the loss of pets i certainly do and yet they teach us uh, at an early age that life uh, has uh, waxing and waning and a need for release mm-hmm. well there are, uh, from what I've gathered from what both of you have said, that there are there are messages um, uh, that nature gives us. Uh, you were, you reminded me of that before. What made me think that of that before was that comment that you made uh, about um, oh, what was it, Sarah? It was about uh, how the redwood trees. Yeah, the mm-hmm. redwood trees, and then uh, everything seems to be dead because the grass disappears, mm-hmm. only to be reborn again in the springtime, which is almost which is like Thoreau said also. Um, Thoreau also made the same comment that if we observe nature, we can learn so many lessons, and we can, if we we have our antenna up, we can learn so much from nature just by watching and observing and listening to nature. I guess listening meant in a different way. Yeah. But um, got a couple of questions here. Uh, are there messages? Are there messages in the process of nature that apply to death? And, and another one, I don't want to overload. This was part of the questions, but another another thought of mine too is. Um, we have different types of death. Sometimes we have a death of a whole species, uh, which I'd like to have you comment on, too. But let's, uh, let's start with the death of the whole species. What would you have to say about that? Well, I can only give my own thoughts on this, and it's a rather uh, understandably controversial uh, uh, matter because we're living in a time right now when there uh, are many species dying out, and, and quite often it's due to the intervention of man and his his use of um, the natural world, his misuse of it, that infringes on the right of other species, animal and vegetable particularly, to live out their natural cycle. But on the other hand, as I understand it, there are are um, the deaths of certain species that are part of the natural plan for our world. well, one is the obvious one of the dinosaurs, but there are other more recent examples, too, where perhaps uh, as uh, the world develops and as human evolution and the animal evolution occurs, certain forms, because we're only talking about forms when we're talking about death. We're not talking about the indwelling life, whichever persists, but forms become out, outmoded or perhaps no longer serviceable? I don't know. Would you see it that way? Well, yeah, that's the whole key, I think, and that's one of the messages uh, that in the processes of nature that we are constantly, nature is constantly striving for some kind of perfection. And uh, if there was no death, then uh, that perfection would never be reached. And each time the cycle comes around, there is a new form and it's more efficient and more 
uh, more illustrative of the great beauty of God at work in the world. And for those people who had just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight, and uh, we're here today with uh, Sarah and Dale McKechnie, the President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, and our topic for today is Death and Dying, Part 3. And if you'd like to order any of our books, uh, we've got um, we've got many volumes of books, but uh, this particular book, if you were to key into what we're talking about today and where we are getting our information, it's uh, from the Alice Bailey Books. Ali ba- Alice Bailey is the founder of Lucis Trust. Lucis Trust is sponsoring this show, Inner Trust, Inner Sight, excuse me. But the book that you can order, if you'd like to, is Death, the Great Adventure. And that's certainly a positive comment about, about death, mm-hmm. just looking at the title, Death, the Great Adventure. We're certainly not advocating that you go on that adventure prematurely, but uh, but it's certainly a positive title for a book, The Death, the Great Adventure. So that would be a wonderful book to order. Um, um, we were talking about uh, the the processes of nature and the... Um, the vanishing of species. Uh, right now, there's, I think, something going on in the um, states farther south, the, in the uh, Shenandoah Valley and uh, North Carolina area. There's a disease of, is it the chestnut trees that are suffering from a, a disease that's wiping out thousands of these beautiful trees? And many of us would remember some years ago when so many of the beautiful elm trees vanished from the oh, eastern yeah. woodlands. It was a tragedy. Yeah. Well, it was. It, yeah. it, it's heartbreaking, and yet you wonder if disease can take place in the vegetable kingdom and the animal kingdom. There's something working out that we can't really comprehend, but maybe it's ultimately for the greater good. Dale mentioned the need for nature to achieve perfection, and... Uh, we're reminded of the statement in the writings of Alice Bailey that from the very beginning of time, death has always been present upon our planet. Forms have come and gone. Plants and trees and animals and human beings have died for eons, and yet our planet is not a burial ground, as it might well be in the face of this fact, but a thing of beauty and unspoiled even by man. That's reassuring, isn't mm-hmm. it, that death does not uh, diminish the quality or beauty of the world. Yeah, and I think we need that reassurance. We need to eliminate that fear, and that's what we're attempting to do today through the writings of Alice Bailey, through her books. And um, I think you're absolutely right, Sarah. Dell, uh, uh, even the psychiatry today is saying that many of our fears, uh, many of our addictions even, and self-defeating behavior really emanate from our Fear of death, that, that's mm-hmm. uh, a root cause and a subconscious, uh, a subconscious cause of, and it relates very strongly to, many, to much of the self-defeating behavior, so it's certainly worthwhile to attempt to eliminate that. But uh, back to what I was saying before, and that was to order our books, and we mentioned that the uh, primary book that is the subject of today's discussion is the Alice Bailey book called Death, the Great Adventure, which you're certainly welcome to order from us and to order our books or cassette tapes, in fact, the a cassette tape, uh, if you'd like a co- copy of this show for a nominal fee, uh, you're certainly welcome to order that, um, uh, or of any of our radio shows, cassette tapes of them. Or if you'd like to order any of our books, um, or a free card containing the great uh, invocation, or for more information on our organization, you can contact us at 1-866, that's a toll-free number, 1-866-NY-LUCIS, L-U-C-I-S, that's one 866 N-Y Lucis, L-U-C-I-S. And also, we're giving away something for free. 
which uh, should make everybody happy. And we're giving away a, a, a remarkable book, which I thoroughly enjoyed. I was reading it last night. It's called The Science of Meditation, and we'll, uh, that's, once again, that's for free. Uh, some of the uh, contents of this book, uh, which I think were fascinating, uh, what is meditation, why is it a science, prayer and meditation is another topic, uh, and there are many topics. Another one is the four components of the personality, the nature of the soul, uh, the, the six-fold progression of divine love, and I can go on and on, but that's um, for free if you'd like to order it. Once again, it's one eight six six ny lucis or our website is www.lucistrust.org. Our email is newyork at lucistrust.org. And remember that the work of Lucis Trust, including this program, is funded entirely by voluntary donations. And, uh, well, that's an irony. Here we are giving away things, but <laughs> we certainly enjoy doing it and it makes us happy to do so. Um, so just to return to our questions, uh, another one that I've got for both of you is um, nature is always experimenting. Every seven years we have totally new cells in our body. And Is this accompanied by a change in one's personality? It could be or it could not be. I would say it depends on the choice and the free will of the individual. Some people, I suppose, spend a lifetime in a kind of static or status quo mode of uh, no real growth beyond a certain point, and other people are constantly rejuvenating themselves. I remember some years ago listening to a television program about the very old people who've reached a hundred or more, and the comment of one very old lady really stuck in my mind. She was a hundred and two, and she said, "Every day I try to be a better person." That's someone who is uh, re- replenishing her spirit, uh, growing out of the the husk of the former self and becoming renewed through her own attitudes. And that's what the Bible tells us to do. Paul, I think it was, said, Be therefore transformed by the renewing of your mind. It all starts in the mind. We are what we think. Yeah. And it gets back to, again, what we were saying earlier about cycles, because every seven years we have a totally new new, uh, formation of the cells in our bodies. So, I mean, even at the cellular level, these cycles are going on. We're not not aware of them, but they're there, and they're constantly changing our appearance. Isn't that a wonderful thought? We get a new body every seven (laughs) years. I like that. But it seems to follow the the basic uh, scaffolding of the old body. Yeah. Can't get away from that. (laughs) And then I also think in 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 an unusual way, it's a comforting thought, too, because even within our own body, then, with the uh, the idea that's set forth by science, the idea that every seven years all of our cells have died and we have a totally new body of cells. But the life, what, what that says is that the life and death sci- cycle is very natural and it's constantly going on, even within our own body as, as we continue to age. And we can take that or extrapolate it to the level of the soul. Every 70, 80, 90 years, the soul releases its body, its physical vehicle, and yet it continues. And uh, apparently on the level of the soul, there is no real um, uh, defeat or great loss. It simply uh, changes its cells. So when you think of this and contrast it with our attachment to earthly life, and nobody uh, should underestimate that in oneself even, the, the desire to live and the desire to persist are normal, 
But on the other hand, to the soul, it's uh, a much different matter. Uh, the release of the form is easy. Well, what would be, we've spoken about reincarnation before, and what would be, and, and we've talked about something interesting. A lot of people, people, a lot of times people think of reincarnation as being uh, going into another lifetime, but they don't really consider the idea that it might be many, many, many lifetimes. What would be the purpose behind the idea of a sequence of lives? Well, it gets back to what we've said before. I think it it comes down to the word perfection, and I think it's 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 in the Bible. It's in the words of Christ when he said. Be ye perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. So even in the, in the mind of Christ, this the striving for perfection uh, seems to be the driving force behind well, it's behind the the um, work of the soul, and uh, as the Christ principle in the world in in each human being. Now, um, having said that, uh, there are those among us who are <coughs> perfectionists. And um, they probably feel this drive a little stronger than other people who do not. But uh, nevertheless, I think it's still there. If you apply that to the the, the larger picture of what humanity is going through in its uh, struggle for perfection, there is a great deal of disruption and destruction going on in the world in the present time, meaning the last few hundred years. There have been... Um, terrible worldwide wars and great violent acts of nature, earthquakes and volcanoes and uh, terrible storms that many people think are a sign uh, that uh, the world is becoming a more um, death-ridden place. But in fact, you could look at it as a, a struggle for renewal and for a new level of life that the whole planet is engaged in. We're just a little part of that. And ultimately, it'll lead to something better. As far as the sequence of life, what I'm learning from both of you is the and, and uh, which actually comes from the Alice Bailey books uh, is the idea that perhaps the higher self wants to experience many many realities on its road to road to perfection, and it's only through walking in the show, shoes of many different life forms that we can and with many different experiences can we really perfect ourselves and understand all aspects of reality. I've got one more question for you: Is there a connection? between a life of goodwill and a good death? I think so, uh, because it's said in the writings of Alice Bailey that there is a technique of dying just as there is of living. That suggests that there's a way to go about approaching one's death that is right and in line with the soul's purpose, and uh, one can choose to prepare for that death by putting things right in one's own uh, personal affairs and relationships, preparing for the release of the physical vehicle, uh, all of that can leave a memory of the individual that is full of goodwill in those who knew that person uh, because his life was good and his release of life was done with trust in uh, God and preparation for all who loved him. Yeah, and uh, also I would... Uh I would say that uh, just looking at the life of Alice Bailey, I mean, to think of all of the work that she put into her books uh, and all of the discussions within her books about uh, trying to write things in such a way that man can eliminate the fear of death, that in itself uh, is an act of goodwill. Mm -hmm. And uh, before we uh, go on, I just want to uh, 
say this once again, uh, if you'd like to order our books or any of our materials, dial 1-866-NY-LUCIS. And you can also order our books at Barnes & Noble and uh, Amazon.com and also Borders. Um, and speaking of goodwill, too, um, Sarah do you, and Dell, before I go on, well, do you have anything else to say? It brought to, what you just said brought to mind the fact that uh, a review of one's life is uh, important because not only do we review the day, we can review our life and come to terms with it. And perhaps in another program we can talk about that a bit more. And in closing, we invite you to ponder on this thought. Goodwill is the touchstone that will transform the world. Goodwill is love in action and is the energy that draws us together in right relationship. There's a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. If your A.C. is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your A.C. unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.